the gospel according to Matthew. In those days, John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness of Judea, proclaiming, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven has come near. This is the one whom the prophet Isaiah spoke when he said, The voice of one crying in the wilderness, Prepare the way of the Lord, make his paths straight. Now, John wore clothing of camel's hair with a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. Then Jerusalem and all of Judea and all the region around the Jordan were coming out to him, and they were baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. But when he saw many of the Pharisees and Sadducees coming for his baptism, he said to them, You brood of vipers! <laughs> Who warned you to flee from the coming wrath? <clears throat> Therefore, bear fruit worthy of repentance. And do not presume to say to yourselves, Ah, oh, we have Abraham as our ancestor. For I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children of Abraham. Even now the axe is lying at the root of the trees. Therefore every tree that does not bear good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is a lot more powerful. I am not worthy to carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is in his hand, and he will clear his threshing floor and will gather his wheat into the granary. But the chaff, the chaff he will burn with unquenchable fire. <sighs> Hear and feel and be stunned by what the Spirit is saying to the church. <laughs> this is the fourth or fifth time that I have ended up standing here before you talking about going to hell in the head car. <laughs> <clears throat> um, I'm not going to do that today. <laughs> um, you know, John the Baptist was in the line of ancient prophets of the kingdoms of Israel and Judah who proclaimed the end was coming. God's judgment upon the people. Well, in every case, including John the Baptist, they were right. Jerusalem fell, or the kingdom of Israel fell. <laughs> Political destruction, what John senses, perhaps, 
is the cataclysm to come which resulted in the total destruction of the temple and the expulsion of every Jew in Jerusalem, an expulsion into the diaspora that was to last almost 2,000 years. That's a lot longer than they went to, got taken off to Babylon or wherever it was. So, you got something right, John the Baptist, but I'll tell you what you missed. The kingdom of God is about love. It's about being in the kingdom, in the love that God provides and his graciousness. And he missed that, but I get to read it nonetheless. John's got a thing with the Pharisees and the Sadducees. My only diversion here is uh, just another conflict between the conservatives in the country of Judea, John, Jesus from Galilee, they're conservative, Torah-following Jews, and the Pharisees and the Sadducees who are the urban elite. Gee, a conflict between the conservatives and the urban elite. What a remarkable thing. I'm sure it would never happen again. <clears throat> okay. So, <laughs> enough for John. Uh, and of course I put my notes in backwards. So that's all right. So, John mentioned the wheat. The full grain that grows in the kingdom. Let me tell you folks, you are the wheat. You are the grains that grow the bread of life. Rejoice and be happy in it. It's, it's okay. Take comfort in the fact that you are working in the kingdom of God. You are sharing in the growth of these grains that are going to God's granary. Um, but it won't be a winnowing. God is more gracious than John the Baptist had God to be. So, thank you for being the grain, the grain for me, the grain for each other, the grain for the city, grain for the state of Ohio, the grain for the nation. Each little grain contributes to the bread of the whole. Rather, I have found I needed to seek a path of peace in these past days, weeks, as I went through some real spiritual struggles trying to reconcile the end times view of the Gospels with the reality of enduring life and its struggles. The last few years have been hard ones. They've been really hard ones. I think many of us can sense how their things have changed. We're not the way it, it used to be. We used to be. Our relationships, our, the nature of what we do, how we do it, has changed. We've had a president who yet yesterday tweeted, who needs a constitution? I want to be king. I'll trip over my wire again even today. 
<clears throat> then we had and have the COVID and now influenza epidemics. Uh, the virus will win. Yeah. And so many other economic struggles, food and so on. It's been a tough road. Just three years, four years since it really got hard. So it's time, I think, for me, it was anyhow to pull back and to find the inner peace that takes us into Advent in the right spirit. And we do that by regrounding ourselves. By discovering through some inaction, a thoughtful presence that you are who you are, wonderful, beloved, yeah, privileged, but careful with your privilege. We have so much to be grateful for, and I'm sure at Thanksgiving time we were mindful of all that we have and possess. So I decided to bring some of these readings to you today that have for me been mine for refinding a path forward. Um, what is mindfulness or being present? We had a rich discussion of that Thursday night in our first faith sharing. <laughs> it's a tough subject, isn't it, Vicki? Yeah, tough subject. Well, Vicki contributed to it by uh, describing her work with ADHD students. She is a woman who is mindful of their situation as she meets with them. Devoted, hearing, sensing, feeling where they are so that she can properly counsel them in love and compassion. Tom Stricker spoke of an engagement that he had out at the women's prison where he realizes that sitting with the, a woman who is in distress, anger, Whatever mindfulness allows him to be present with her, not to be distracted by other things. Oh, I got to get home and, and feed the chickens. No. No. I am mindful of the distress that she is feeling, said Tom. I am present with her. This is being, this is mindful. We can be mindful with ourselves. Practice the simple one. Driving along. If you're a defensive driver like I was taught in California many years ago, you're aware, your radar's out there. Who's going to do some stupid thing? Well, when some stupid thing happens, how do we often react? 
The wrath! <laughs> okay. Take a chance to pull back inside and just allow it to be. You're still going to get there. Be at peace. They're the ones not at peace. And that's a shame. But we can be present. And if you do that while you're driving, sometimes I find myself smiling at it, just being able to be present as I'm driving, fully aware, you know. Awareness and mindfulness are the same thing. When you walk in a garden, as Janie does, fully aware of the beauty, the organics, the growth, the decline, all the change, fully aware of the wonder of plant life on this rocky ground of earth. All of us can find that. So why is this important as we go into Advent, you say? <laughs> this is Advent. <clears throat> There's going to be a lot on your mind, a lot on your agenda. Visiting, traveling, people coming, people going. It's a good time to just be aware of what's going on in your mind and your heart if you're stressed and to say, okay, it will be okay. I can let it be. I can let it be. And I will do the non-action of being present in the moment while I am yet doing. Not reacting to the pressures from outside smiling as you as you find that inner place that says oh I see that I'm standing here trying to do this and this and this all at the same time and it's man it's frustrating me distracting me okay <laughs> sit back allow it to be and just do one thing, and then the other, and then the other. It'll be all right. <laughs> but pull in, recognize that you're being distracted by the world, and you don't need to be. So, no thoughts on priorities, urgencies, or how will it all get done. As my teacher, Ajashanti, puts it, let everything be as it is and you will smile. So, how does this apply to the coming of Jesus, whose birth we are anticipating? If there was a mindful person walking in full awareness ever before, it certainly was Jesus. The Buddha is another one, renowned for that same quality of full awareness. But Jesus couldn't see Zacchaeus in the tree and know his issue without being fully mindful of him. That was his blessedness. That was his gift. That was his God within that we come to celebrate as the birth 
of this amazing story that has come down through the centuries to us. This is, for me, my Buddhist slant on Christianity. As Matthew Fox would say, it's not unlike Christianity of old. It's very classical. Eckhart, Tolle, um, 81-year-old brains, come back to me. Read it, Thomas Merton, <laughs> contemplative uh, book. These are people who recognize the same thing. This is the essence of being, which I invite you to become in this season of Advent. Today, to be fully present or mindful in the Eucharist, we're going to have another little meditation time in the preparation to see that the Eucharist celebration is for some a real gift of joy. For others, it is what we do on Sunday when we take the bread and consume it. I'm sure none of you are distracted by other things when you take the Eucharist, but sometimes I am. Be mindful today of the wonderful community, the history, the body that we share mindfully and enjoy. It links us to so many others down through the centuries and around the world, even at this time, if you resolve the Earth rotation. It's the community as the body of Christ. <coughs> to be present in the Eucharist is to be mindful of this bread broken for us to share as our reality, as our tie to the reality of the kingdom of God. Amen. You're not obligated. <laughs> Just be mindful.